Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 1985. The album is Dr. Demento Presents the Greatest Novelty Records of All Time, Volume 4, the 1970s. The artist is various artists, but Dr. Demento is the one who put it out. My guest is Bob Bledsoe. Thank you. After how long did it take us to do this? Hi, Jason. Yes, it took uh, quite a while. You mess. You emailed me initially. Uh-huh. I think fifteen years ago. Uh huh. Yep, that's correct. And over the past fifteen years, we've mm-hmm. been emailing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, email has really changed really in the past has. fifteen years. Yeah, so have we. I mean, honestly, we have. We <laughs> have. Know? But fortunately, we still have our old AOL account. Exactly. Right. So that one's worked out really nicely. <laughs> so. Um, You'd okay. Ooh, there we go. That's decided to drift the microphone. Why did you pick this? Number one, I was very strict because you picked a few things. I'm like, sorry, not vinyl, or sorry, this that. So I was very picky. So right. Then, then you stuck to this one. Right. I did stick to this one. I I had a few things in mind. I, yes. W- what I wanted to do was pick something that I hadn't heard in a long time. Sure. And see if it still holds up. That's smart. Yeah. Um, so initially, I was thinking like like the the early Adam Sandler albums mm-hmm. or something that I really enjoyed. You yeah. know, when I was sort of a teenager. Um, this though, I I really like this because the Doctor Demento stuff is the first comedy that I remember mm-hmm. even really being exposed to, other than like you know stuff on television and sure, things sure, like sure, that. Sure, sure. This was something that I could listen to over and over. Awesome. Um, okay. Because here's what happened. When I was seven, I would say probably seven years old, mm-hmm. my aunt, who lived in another part of the country uh, at the time, started sending me cassette tapes mm-hmm. that she recorded d- off the radio, oh, off of good. the Dr. Demento program. Oh, that's awesome. And so I didn't actually have the album, mm-hmm. but but I had these cassette tapes. Yeah. And I would, I would put them in, and I think they were probably the only like music or tapes that I owned at that time, because yeah. I was seven. Sure. <laughs> and I would listen to them over and over. And the the interesting thing is some stuff I loved. I yeah. thought it was hysterical and could listen to over and over. Some stuff I didn't understand because sure. I was too young. And some stuff I did understand, but I didn't like the comedy. I, did, I didn't yeah. get it. So I thought it was interesting. So it was fun to go back the other day and sort of listen to these tracks. There are some tracks on this particular album. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple tracks that I'm not super familiar with yeah. or that I barely remember. Right. And then there's also other tracks on Dr. Demento that didn't make it to this particular album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that were great. That's what's rough is like, uh, I mean, if you have, if that's the way you're listening to it, like I obviously made your job a lot harder to pick one. <laughs> there's a couple in here I had never heard. I'd maybe heard of. Like, Junk Food Junkie, I had personally never heard before. I don't know. Is that one that you knew? That, that is one that I've heard before, but, okay. but it's one that I that I had uh, less familiarity with. Mm-hmm. That, and then, uh, what was it? Oh, oh the, the there's a song from Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I wasn't yes, exposed yeah, yeah, to, yeah, and yeah. that didn't make it to the, to the tape. Yep, that makes sense. Um, that I got. Maybe a little early for a seven-year-old, I'm just saying, you know. I mean, the song would be fine. Yeah, the movie, yeah. Maybe not so much, depending. Right. I will tell you this though. This, yes. This is this is a good story. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a good story, but it's a story. It's a story. That's fine. Um, and it'll take up time. You want <laughs> you, you want stuff that takes up time for this podcast, right? Yeah, that's right? usually how I like. Here's it a story that will take up time. <laughs> not a lot though. Uh, Dead puppies mm-hmm. was one of my all-time favorites, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it was a song about. Dead puppies, mm-hmm. but dead puppies aren't fun, and it was a song about how they're not fun, and that's so obvious, <laughs> and it's also dead animals. And by the way, this album features a lot of dead animals. It does. Back then, row. dead animals was a big thing. Anyway, 
so Dead Puppies was my favorite thing. Um, I ended up working a day job uh, in Los Angeles at a, at a company that Bill Frenzer, who wrote Dead Puppies, mm-hmm. he's the lead singer of, of Ogden Edsel, or one, I think yeah. it was two guys, Ogden Edsel. Okay. Um, but Bill wrote Dead Puppies, and he worked at this at this That's so place. cool. And uh, I didn't know who he was yeah. until so, like somebody told me long after having worked there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just thought that that was kind of a weird thing. That's hilarious. He still does, you know, comedy and still does doing he? a lot of stuff. But he has this or had this day job. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. It's so. I mean, that's the one thing too. Is I was thinking about this. Is like, uh, this is it was eighty five, right? So it's. Weird Al's on here not just because it's one of the quote-unquote best of the 70s, but it's because Weird Al had just become Weird Al. Right. You know, so I would otherwise, like, there's almost nobody else on here whose career was made. These are just like, here's my little thing. Here's my 15 yeah. minutes. Or here's a something that, like, Randy Newman obviously had a huge career. This right. is just another piece. But, like, there's only one on here where it's like this launched this massive career that nobody expected to last. Right. And he didn't have, yeah, and he didn't have the career at that time. Yeah, no, obviously. exactly right. Yeah, just barely. He had maybe two albums at this point. Uh, one, two, fuck. Because My Bologna was a single that he just submitted to Dr. Oh, I didn't realize that. I was wondering if that was Mm -hmm. on his first album or... It was, but I don't... And I apologize, nerds, because I love Weird Al, and he's the reason I started this podcast, but I don't remember... I don't think this is the album version. I think they did a new version after this, but I could be wrong, and people will definitely correct me. So look forward to those fucking emails. Um, But yeah, he's like the only... Like, it never... Like, who would ever expect that a novelty artist would blow up as big as he He was huge. He was huge. so strange to me. He um, and I, and I will say that you you might hate me for this, but mm-hmm. but this is a song that that I got mm-hmm. that I didn't connect with. I understood the humor, uh-huh. but even at seven years old, I was like, he's just taking a song that somebody else wrote and putting food lyrics in it. That's kind of cheating. Like I, I, I sort of got that. It was Amazing. like it was cheating. And and later on, there was some weird owl stuff that that I thought was funny, but for the most part, I was like. He's just taking what other people <laughs> wrote. And that actually had a big effect on me as a comedian. Mm-hmm. Probably a negative effect because um, I don't do parody songs. I don't even bring... You'll notice that if you look around my room here, you're mm-hmm. noticing many instruments. One, two, three, four, five, six, six seven instruments that yeah. you can see. Uh-huh. Mandolins, ukuleles, guitars, banjos, mm-hmm. a tin whistle, things like that that I play. Uh-huh. I do not play them on stage because I won't do song parodies. Okay, yeah. Um, now, I've heard some really good song parodies, and Weird Al has, has done some, some that I think are clever. Yeah. Um, but I think it's limited me. That, like that mm-hmm. belief that the, the dislike of food-related song parodies <laughs> has limited me as a comedian I because that. I could have half of my act be songs. Now, sure. I've tried to come up with original songs, and I don't think I'm a good enough songwriter okay. to come up with good enough. I have brought a mandolin on stage a handful of times uh-huh. uh, and, and done original songs, but I'm a terrible singer, for one thing, <laughs> and uh, not a strong enough songwriter okay. Okay. to make it work. But but Weird Al had a big effect on my on That's my so stand up in that sort of reverse way. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Saying I won't do song parody. I feel like though there are a lot of uh, comics who would say, well, you probably maybe you were, you avoided slitting your wrist because so many people you know regretted having a musical element to their stand up ever. You know what I mean? That that might be true. I think. I mean, I've. Uh, 
I think I've been around in and around stand up long enough mm-hmm. now at this point to where I'm kind of coming to the other side of things. I f- I for a long time was was just like 98% of other comedians that that will um that will bash uh musical comedy acts mm-hmm. and prop comedy acts. Sure. Saying that's not real comedy. The fact is whatever makes the audience laugh of course is real comedy. Sure. That's that's it. You know, yeah, you yeah. do what makes the audience laugh. And, and you know, hopefully you do stuff that you think is funny as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. I don't think that I'll be bringing music into my act anytime soon, but I am I am less opposed to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good that yeah. you've grown. But do you, uh, do you write comedy music for yourself at all? Or do you, what, what is your situation in terms of, like, the shit you're writing on your own that nobody gets to hear? The, the music, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know what, I'm a melody player, mm-hmm. so I typically write instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm working on one on this ukulele right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, a pretty, I'm pretty serious about, my, about music, yeah. like, like do, doing this stuff, and, and I occasionally get to record on people's albums, you know, if somebody needs a mandolin player. The nice thing about being a decent musician, mm-hmm. but that plays an interesting instrument, is that when... Somebody's recording an album and they need a mandolin player, mm-hmm. and they know me. I get the gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't have anybody else. Or somebody sense. needs needs a ukulele player that plays a ukulele really well. Yeah, um, the, I I get the gig. That's you awesome because I can do more than just strum chords. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm not bragging, but but you know, <laughs> ukulele was my first instrument. Yeah, play it pretty well. That's a skill. Yeah. Um, uh, so I get to you know I get to play on an album or whatever, but. Uh, what that does is it makes it so that I don't have to... I'm, I'm working on melodies and stuff. I don't have to write lyrics as much. And when I do try to write a serious song, mm-hmm. the lyrics end up so cheesy that I'm totally embarrassed <laughs> mm-hmm. and I won't even sing it to myself. Or they end up comedy. Like yeah. anytime yeah, I write yeah, okay, something, okay, it, okay. it comes out comedy unless I'm trying not to and then it comes out cheeseball. That's so funny. Which I guess is comedic anyway. Don't people got That's so much your instinct that it's unavoidable for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Uh, does are, do, do comedy and music act? Do they fill like two different parts of like any creative void? Are they totally separate, or is there anything that you or any parallels that you actually see, or would we be forcing them in? Well, no, they're, they're parallels when they come together. Mm-hmm. And I and like I said, I have written, I think three comedy songs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that I probably won't perform on stage anymore, and and I'll probably I'll probably write more. They're fun to experiment with, sure. and they come together in that way. But for me, creatively, um, 
they're t- they're totally different. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not one of these comedians who's always going for the joke. I don't always have to be like this this on guy. Sure. And the and the music allows me to sort of be a different like be creative, but not not always be like the joke. Yeah, the joke guy. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, what What's your writing process for stand up? Is it as precise as you have to be with music? N- no, not not at all. No, not at all. Um, uh, for stand up, it my writing process for stand up is literally. Uh, when I think of something funny, I jot it down. Mm. If I have a pen and a piece sure. of paper, sure. And then, and then it's the the writing process is more of a rehearsal process. Like mm-hmm. I I do it over and over, and then I'll do it on stage and change it or whatever. Um, but honestly, I usually now when I think of something funny, it goes into a script mm-hmm. rather than rather than stand up. It goes into a comedy script that, sure. I, that I'm writing. You know, whether it's a whether it's a feature or, or a television thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is just—it never—it has never worked for me to sit down with a notepad and go, "All right, time to think of something funny." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. But I can sit down with a mandolin and go, uh-huh. "I'm going to come up with a new melody." Right. And that works. I don't know why that works in the. I know that's doesn't. what I'm trying to like think of right now because I'm not mm-hmm. a, enough of a musician to draw that comparison. But that is interesting. That it's just—it's—it's it's a lot easier to just sit down with that kind. I mean, I would imagine it's a little more relaxing to noodle. Than it is totally to, to just sketch out a fucking like, okay, like your immediate thought when you're writing comedy, at least in, for me, is like, oh, probably nobody's gonna like this. Oh, probably no. Oh God, I hope this works in a certain way. You don't have to exactly. worry about that on a guitar or exactly. a mandolin or a ukulele. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, uh, you know, a good point that I just made. I just said that my point is very good. It is a good. It, it, it is a good point because first of all, the act of writing mm-hmm. is not fun. Like that's sure. not an enjoyable thing to sit down with a notebook mm-hmm. and and the, if the end result is to get a laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I only think it's funny if it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Do you know how long it takes me to write in a notepad before I laugh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus if I go, I'm going to come up with a melody, and I grab my ukulele, and all I do is go, that's great, I'm doing it. I'm coming up with a melody. Yeah, I'm, yeah. M- maybe it doesn't, you know, those are three notes, and yeah. it took me, you know, a half a second. Yeah, that's a good point. I can't, and I can't figure that exactly out, but I, I, I do like that. I... I'm not going to ask you to play any of your comedy music at the end, but if you've got a song that's in your head and you want to play it, I would not hold you back. Have you ever submitted a song to like a thing like Dr. Demento? No, because no. I'm such a bad singer. Okay, okay. Um, I and I couldn't even do it. Like I have them in, I have them written somewhere, but I haven't done them in. It's probably been a year. Okay, but I, I'll tell you this: I had. I want to get back to these tracks, though. Yeah, of course, but, of course. But I will say this: um, one of my things about musical comedy is I've never seen, except uh, Kate Micucci, uh-huh. I've never seen a stand-up comedian with a ukulele who's not a complete terrible cheeseball. I got it. Yeah, okay. Kate's awesome though. I love her. She's fantastic. And there might be other exceptions, but I can't think of any. But it seems like any time I see a comedian walk on stage with a ukulele, mm-hmm. it's awful. Yeah. And I also, um, so I decided that I would never go on stage with a ukulele. And also, it is my nightmare to be called Ukulele Bob. Like, if anybody <laughs> ever decided to oh, no. call me my name, but then put the instrument that I had in my hand in front of my name, yeah. that would be the worst thing ever, ever. And I might kill myself. So, but there's no preconceived notions of a comedian walking on stage with a mandolin. That's true. So, what That's I true. did was I wrote songs. Uh, I'm better at writing on ukulele, okay. so I would wrote, write songs on ukulele or guitar, and then I would translate it to mandolin, and I'd pull my mandolin on stage. 
That's awesome. Uh, which is cool because people, I, I have a, a one of those mandolins with all the curls on it and stuff. Yes. And um, a lot of people don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. When, you know, it's like a weird thing. They're like, what, what does he have? Right. So. That's so good. Uh, okay, so let, let's do this. Do you want to do this track by track? We can start at the beginning and then, you know. Yeah, you want to, yeah, you want to do that? Yeah. So I've got, all right, we're going to start with Short People by Randy Newman, which is a song that I, man, I got to tell you. Uh, when I first heard Randy Newman, I didn't have a brain for irony. So there's so much of his shit that went above my head. But I do, I do enjoy this song. It is a fun little song. It is a fun song. It's probably the first Randy Newman song that I ever heard. And it, he's got the coolest voice ever. Yes, he does. Randy he does. Newman. It's, it's, it's the greatest. Um, I will say this. It is, it is a unapologetic bully song, uh-huh. for sure. Uh-huh. Um, there are lines like... Um, Little eyes go around telling lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So because they're short and they have small <laughs> eyes, they're liars. <laughs> Those things don't connect. And then there's a line mm-hmm. that says, you got to pick them up just to say hello. <laughs> That's not true. You simply look down, you say hello. I'll say, I, I will say this. I am friends with almost every little person in Hollywood. Uh-huh. I, that's probably an exaggeration. Sure, but but. I, did a, I did a movie... That um, is called Midgets versus Mascots. Uh-huh. I, I don't recommend necessarily watching the film. Right, right, okay. But it had a lot of little people in it. Mm-hmm. We spent six weeks together shooting this film in Dallas. They're good friends of mine, a lot of them. I've never once picked one of them up <laughs> or even tried to. Yeah, right. I, Randy Newman's just wrong about the song. <laughs> this is not a song based in fact at all. And I've I've also always been successful when attempting to say hello to mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. My first try, none of them ever went. What? I'm too short to hear what you're saying up there. You can always just say hello to a short person. <laughs> do you know? Are you familiar outside of this and maybe stuff in in movies? Do you know that many Randy Newman songs outside of this? Other than maybe like I love L.A. Yeah, I love L.A. Yeah. Uh, the the one from from Toy Story. No, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a Randy Newman album. And I've never. I owned one in the '90s. Again, the irony of a lot, like all the racism at first. I was like, "What's he singing?" And I'm like, "Oh, I see. That's what irony is." But like, uh, yeah. But I don't know anybody. That I've only ever heard one. I've heard a lot of stories about. I guess in the '70s, a lot of people thought he was a black dude before they ever saw like the covers of his albums. Nobody. Had oh, really? Because of his voice. And, oh, yeah. That yeah, makes sense. which is really funny to me. Like, that's it's a, it's a big shock to some people uh, um crap and there goes my there's the list okay so the next one is junk food junkie so that is one you you did hear on the tapes the, uh that's one that i vaguely remember it i must not have connected with it okay um however th- i do have a story from it which is which is that um uh my oh and also something that i that i realized on uh, my mom, when I was young, my mom was president of the PTA, uh-huh. and she was crusading to have kids eat healthy foods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think because of that song, she made signs for our class. <laughs> One sign said, junk food junkie, and the other sign said, good food goody. <laughs> Love it. And she w- would walk around our class during mm-hmm. the day and place the sign o- over somebody's head, whoever had the best <laughs> healthy food and whoever <laughs> had the crap. Oh my had to God. wear the sign, which I think was fun for us at the time, sure. but that's awful. i got to tell my mom how awful that is. Just a terrible, terrible thing. But, but also, in listening to this song mm-hmm. uh, the other day, I realized that, that it's, it's sung as though it's played live, yeah. and there's laughter mm-hmm. in it. There is no joke in this song at all. Right. The joke is, 
I eat healthy. And by the way, this was done in the 70s. I was surprised at all of the health food references. I know. I mean, I know that there was a health food movement. Of course. But, but it seems like a hippie from today is talking about going to the juice bar. Does. Yeah, I know. I, had not, I didn't know macrobiotic was a term. I'd never heard it, you know, until recently. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. But also, there is uh, ruckus laughter yes. over things that are not jokes. Nope. He says, he, he mentions that he pulls out a hostess Twinkie, mm-hmm. laughs, Holy shit, crazy laughs, nuts. hysterical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Over a fucking Twinkie. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, okay, speaking of food. All right, let's, the bane of your existence, my bologna. By <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, yeah, I think I said everything, but yeah. but I didn't hate it. Sure. I, didn't, I, I just didn't connect with it, and it did, and I think that was the song that made me go, I don't think I like parody songs. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that terminology back then because sure. I was seven. But but that that was the one that sort of turned me off of of parody songs, the, yeah. the, specifically that were about food. Sure, food related sense. parody songs. <laughs> Man, you you and Weird Al, if you were locked in a room together, just that would be the worst thing in the world for both of you. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I actually I have a lot of respect for Weird Al. Yeah, yeah, uh, because he what he does he does very very well. Yes. Yeah. And um, and by the way, not everything is a food parody song. Sure, of course, of uh, course. And he's gotten he's moved away from it recent, more recently. Mm-hmm. But still, uh, yeah, everything yeah. that was either TV or food, right, right, or TV and food together. In the morning, laughing happy fish heads. In the evening. Floating in the soup. Fish heads, fish heads, roly poly fish heads, fish heads, fish heads, eat them up, yeah. Ask a fish head anything you want to, they won't answer, they can't talk. Fish heads, fish heads, roly poly. Side note, uh, I was recently in a band. Um, that we had a drummer who is an old guy mm-hmm. um, who's been like a session drummer and things awesome. like that for okay. years and years since like the 70s. And he told me that the best band, he's he's been in with all these metal bands everything, he told me the best band he's ever heard in his life mm-hmm. was next to where he was recording mm-hmm. and he was hearing them play a Madonna song. He thought it was Madonna's uh-huh. band and he, and he went in and talked to them and it was Weird Al's band. He said they are, the, they, they are absolutely perfect as far as their dead on ability to play music. Best band he's ever heard. There is, when they did Trapped in the Drive-Thru, which was a parody of Trapped in the Closet, uh, there's a moment in it uh, this is just one of my favorite little bits of trivia, uh, where the one of the lines is, "Then I turn on the radio," and then the song stops, and then "Black Dog" by uh, Led Zeppelin starts playing. That clip of "Black Dog" is identical to the original, but it is played by his band. Like it is, yeah, it is beat for beat perfect. Yep, which is so fucking weird to me. It is weird. I mean, they're they're incredible talents, including yeah. Weird Al. I mean, to be able to play the fucking accordion the way he does, absolutely. It, it, totally. um, Next song is Fish Heads by Barnes and Barnes, which is one of the weirdest fucking things that I, I mean that anybody's ever heard, and I understand why people love it, but it's so weird. It is, it is weird, and and it is my favorite one. Is it? Out, and it was when I was a kid. It yeah. was that, and then and then Dead Puppies, uh, but Fish Heads was probably the first time that I that I really got absurdist comedy. Okay, like okay. if it first got me because of the voice, sure. And it's also probably the first time I tried to ever impersonate anything. Really? Okay. Which I don't really do imper- I don't ever do impersonations in my act, but 
when I started stand-up, it was because I did tons of impersonations. Awesome, okay. And then I decided I didn't like doing them, so I don't anymore. But but I used to go around doing the, like, fish heads, fish heads. <laughs> you know, that thing when yeah. I was a kid. That was probably the first impression that I, ever, awesome. that I ever attempted. And I did it very well back then because my voice was higher. Sure. Um, uh, but so the so the the voice was a thing, but then the absurdity of like first of all singing a song about fish heads, but then taking them to the drive-through and and <laughs> they're not good at dancing and they don't wear sweaters. That's all in one verse, like a list of things that these fish heads don't do. Uh-huh. It was so funny to me, yeah. And that song to me still holds up. Like That's the awesome. absurdist nature of that song still holds up mm-hmm. as a funny song. In, Were you listening life. to most of the stuff around seven, or like when did you stop getting these tapes from your aunt? I, I would say seven, eight, nine. Seven, eight, nine. I was trying to Damn. figure out the the time frame. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to remember stuff accurately, sure. yeah. but yeah. Um, uh, I know it started when I was uh, right around first, second grade, okay, something like that, okay. And it probably was. Maybe I had three or four tapes, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know if she sent them once a year or if she right. sent them once a month. Like I, <laughs> right, I don't right, even know. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they clip just the songs, or were there Doctor Demento clips in between? I think there were Doctor Demento clips, maybe in between, mm-hmm. but I don't remember them. Okay. So, okay. so if there were, they didn't they didn't leave an impression. Sure. Well, I mean, and I, he'd probably have it that way too. He'd rather just you listen to the stuff he wants you to hear. You know, I don't right. think. I, if there's anybody who I've ever interviewed, like who's super famous uh, or at least really influential and doesn't have an ego not that any of them have had he has the least ego of them all he's really? a very sweet guy like so I I figure he would just want to educate you and just move on yeah uh, okay so this next one while I know the material and I know who Shel Silverstein is okay it's Sarah Cynthia, Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not mm-hmm. take the garbage out this is the craziest reading of anything I've ever heard yes right it's demented uh huh <laughs> it's the strangest I don't know who it is that does the reading it must I think be it might be him yeah Oh, it's, it's Shell Silverstein. Shel yeah, to the best really? of my knowledge, that's him. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> that's even better. That's yeah. even better. This was one of my favorites because of the voice. Mm-hmm. It was. It's such a weird reading. Yeah. Um. And anytime I come across that, like I think that's in where the sidewalk ends. Anytime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anytime I come across that poem, that's the voice that I hear in my head because it's the strangest. You know. Cadence too. Yes. Yeah. It's not like it's not like because like it's obviously formatted. Like I was thinking of it as he's reading. It, I'm like, oh, this would probably make a great song, like a fine song. But like he's just broken it down in this way that does not have rhythm to it. It's you know, it's, it's a very Christopher Walken way of doing it. <laughs> it, kind that, of is, it doesn't yeah. sound at all like Christopher Walken, right? But but uh, <laughs> but he's, he says something like, uh, "Would not take." The garbage out. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. just these weird, very strange... <laughs> I want to know if he thought that way, and if that's the way he thought things were okay to be performed. Not that he was trying to be different, because, like, I, one of my uh, one of my roommates in college has no sense of rhythm. Like, he's a real nice dude, mm-hmm. but he's a weird guy. He's not musical or anything, but I feel like if he had written... He's a great writer, though. If he had written something like, this feels like... No, this is how it just should sound. This is not... I'm not being weird. I'm not being... This is just me. This is just how I read things. And I... That's the impression I get from listening to this. He's not trying to be weird. Yeah. And that's why it's so successfully weird. Yeah. At least to me. Yeah. It's so gruff. It's, it's, ve- it's very strange, yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the ones you heard, though, too, as a kid. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, that, yeah that, was a, that was a... That was a big one. The next one is also, like... It's, it's like a one-beat joke, but it, like, sounds... It's, like, really got good production quality. And that's The Cockroach That Ate Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, that is um, uh, that's one that I that I only vaguely remember okay. as a kid. I know I had it, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not one that I listened to over and over. 
and I think it's because it's it's not there's no it's not really a joke. Yeah, yeah. It's it's part of um, the '70s produced a number of monster themed <laughs> uh, songs, yeah. and this is one of them. But it was like one eyed, one horn, flying purple people. Sure, leader, sure, yeah. Which I think was on one of my Doctor Demento things, sure, and I probably. listened to that quite a bit. Uh, you know, Monster Mash, mm-hmm. Cockroach at Eight Cincinnati. These were all. It was like a fad where. I don't think there was ever any jokes in them. I know. Purple Eater there may have been, but I don't remember. Maybe a couple. But yeah, no, that's exactly right. They're all these kind of just one note, not really joke kind of things. Right, right. Good rhyming. Yeah, sure. Good rhyming. And that was the whole point of it, is Mm -hmm. what can we rhyme with that eight Cincinnati. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the song. Yeah, and it's one of the better like produced ones in terms of like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of uh, a lot of backup and a lot of you know it's it's well produced. It sounds. Yep. Yep. Um, the next one is Pencil Neck Geek. I had never ever heard this one. Really? Yeah. This was one of my favorites. Heard of, but never heard it in, one, in my life. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, this was one of my favorites as a kid, but it's because it it went along with a sketch. And I think they, I think they went together. I don't think oh, okay. that they were separate tracks. Mm-hmm. There was a sketch with Ed Gruberman, B- "Boot to the Head." Oh no, it was "Boot to the Head." That's what it was. Okay. Do you know that song? No, Boot I to don't. The head? Not at all. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Pencil Night Geek was the next track after that. That's why I have them in my oh, head. Oh, okay, sure. Um, uh, again, another just unapologetic bully song. Yeah, yeah. this is a song <laughs> about geeks, like. That, that they should die like there's there's something about killing them I know I know because I thought at first it was strictly talking about like a circus geek which is its own thing but like at some point it's like no that's not what it sounds like no just a nerdy person yep. it's not there's there's no irony in it Mm-mm. there's no I mean it's literally just a song about a bully who hates geeks mm-hmm. and wants them dead I know and that's how it starts and that's how it ends mm-hmm. It's just, it's terrible. It really is. What did you love so much about it as a kid? Do you think? Uh, just that it was funny. I think I think the pencil neck part. Sure. I thought was funny when yeah. I was a kid. It's not a song that holds up by any means. Sure, sure. Now, but but as a kid, and maybe maybe it was that it was naughty that it that it was a yeah. bully song, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I um, when I was nine or ten, I I killed a kid, and I think mm-hmm. it was because of that song. Sure. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, has this ever been committed to tape before? No, no, nobody oh, okay, knows. Okay. Nobody knows. This is the okay, first time good. I've ever talked about it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, exclusive comedy on vinyl. Exclusive. Right. Comedy Bob, on vinyl. Bob yeah. Bledsoe's a murderer. There's a there's a statute of limitations on murder, right? Oh, there has to be. There's got to be. You know, it was a long time. You ago. You feel bad about it, right? It's a long time ago, and there was and it was because of a song, <laughs> and I do feel kind of bad about sure. it. Sure. Metallica yeah. never killed anybody, you know. But uh, Fred Blassie, however, he. The countless murders he inspired. Right, right. Um, next one is obviously, uh, I don't know if this was on tape, but Time Warp by Rocky Horror Picture Show. By In, you know what I'm saying. Right. You go what I'm fucking saying. Uh, that I never heard mm-hmm. and had never heard because um, I am one of the small percentage of the population who has never seen Rocky Horror You've Picture never seen Show. it, ever? Yep. Wow. Never seen it. Maybe not a good time to start. It's a uh, weird movie. Pr- it seems like a weird movie and, I've, and I haven't <laughs> gone just because I've, it just doesn't seem like... It seems like something that would have been great in the 80s. Sure. And for somebody who had that experience in the 80s, yeah. it's cool to relive it. Yeah. But it's almost like somebody who's never seen Star Wars. Right. Maybe don't watch Star Wars. <laughs> right. Well, if you're going to do it, 
they do it like don't I think they still do it live or like with audience participation and like an acting group in Santa Monica every week. Uh-huh. That that is worth it if you haven't seen it, I think. Cuz people are dressing up and you're made to be involved. Right, and it's a cool thing. Yeah. Like it's a bigger version of a drinking game. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun. It's it's like Again, I don't know if it would hold. It's a long ass movie. Like it's a weird. It's hard. Like I could never pitch that movie successfully to somebody because I don't necessarily love it. I enjoy it, but right. like, that's a hard thing to explain to somebody. Soon the geeks were popping up all over town. You couldn't hardly sneeze without knocking one down. After a nice juicy steak, if you need a toothpick, just reach for a geek. They'll do the trick. One day we cut one up for fish bait. Learned our lesson just a little bit late. Soon as the geek hit the drink, the water turned red. Next day, sure enough, all the fish were dead. Pencil neck geek, gritty freak, scum sucking peahead with a lousy physique. He's a one man, no good losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. successful stand-up almost of all time at least of the 70s uh at least of white guys uh steve martin which is king tut yeah you know, you know what i mean like I, I kept saying i'm like you know quote richard Pryor's the most successful stand-up of the 70s at least but steve martin of course this is this is such a goofy ass song too super goofy i love it but it's goofy as shit yeah it's it's weird um uh the, when i heard it to me i didn't get the joke mm-hmm there's no there's no um, obvious joke in it, sure. really. It's sure. just that he's singing about King Tut. Yeah. And as a seven or eight year old, to me, it was just a good song about history. Yeah. Like I got that's, it. Yeah. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. That uh, makes sense. It, it's kind of like in the seventies there was this resurgence of interest in in Egyptian history, like there was in the twenties. So it kind of makes me think of like when somebody now or in the nineties wrote a song about email. It's like very much like here's the thing that people are talking about. I'm going to do a funny, goofy take on it. Right. You know? I think the only... Honestly, even the only joke other than, like, he's got a condo made of stone and all this ridiculous takes on it is that just, like... Uh, you know, isn't it funny that people are paying to see a dead guy? I feel like that's bas- the basic joke of it. Yeah, you know? that yeah, that probably is. But he says, you know, the chorus is born in Arizona, <laughs> raised in... Some, I don't even remember. It's very, it's very strange. Uh-huh. But it, it, it was Steve Martin. I mean, yeah. he did strange things. He... Probably did that with an arrow through his head, right? Probably. Although on SNL, he definitely had the full King Tut garb. He did. He did have the the full thing. <laughs> uh, did you Did you have this one, or had you heard it? I did. Oh yeah, I, I had it. Um, uh, and I heard and I listened to it quite a bit uh, because I liked the song. But again, it wasn't a to me. It wasn't a comedy song. It was I just a that. song about King Tut, and he's a <laughs> historical figure, and this guy, and and it it was a good song to me. It didn't now now when I listen to it, it's sure. clearly. Steve Martin being a clown. Yeah. But as a seven-year-old, this is just a guy doing a song. I get that. You know. No, that's, that's I mean, that's perfect. I, 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 lo- I love those kind of things that you, you have no perspective on as a kid. And you're just right. like, well, I know that this is like supposed to be a, a funny, but I don't get it, so I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. Right. Um, <laughs> the next one is E-Rake My Eye, which is Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. Uh, I fucking love this song. But I love Cheech and Chong. And I, I wasn't a stoner growing up, but I really love. I I don't know. This one is just fucking ridiculous. Like it's it's 
it's all about cross-dressing. I think it's specifically about like wanting to be a glam rock king slash right. queen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did you ha- did you hear this one as a kid? Too? I heard this one, and it's another one that I vaguely remember because I don't think I connected with it. I did. I, I don't think that I got it necessarily. Mm-hmm. I did get like um, Basketball Jones. That was yeah, that was Cheech and Chong. I got that. That was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Earring my eye um, was was weird because it's a song, and then it's and then it's. Uh, Tommy getting getting busted by his dad, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is uh, I can't remember what it was that, that he was, uh, but that was the thing. It was just a it was a weird sketch. Um, uh, I also d- w- was never a stoner growing up, um, it, it, although the Cheech and Chong, I think I saw one of the Cheech and Chong movies when I was like a young teenager, okay, and thought it was very funny, um, but I never got into like drug culture or anything, sure. Um, but I ended up, uh, my manager for a while was Cheech's manager. Awesome. And, uh, uh, Cheech and Chong went on a reunion tour a mm-hmm. few years back. Uh, and my manager got me tickets to that. So oh. it was really cool to see them live. Now I've performed with Tommy cause he, you know, okay. he's on the stand up circuit. So I'd met him and performed with him, but, uh, it's very different when it's Cheech and Chong doing their stuff. And yeah. it wasn't really their new stuff. They just did what they what they used to do. That's good, though. And I didn't even know what they did as a stage show, but okay. they just brought out chairs. It was like an improv show. <laughs> they just brought out chairs and did their sketches. Oh God, I did love all it. their A bits that, that we all know and love. But it's just them on stage with some chairs. Like it's an improv show. It was great. It was awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wait, how much moving was there? Or was it seriously just them sitting, or did they get up? At it was. Oh yeah, they they moved they moved around a okay, bit. They moved right. around a bit. It was a it was a really fun show. It that was sounds cool. great. Yeah, no, that sounds like yeah. a ton of fun. I, I cool. uh, let's see. Okay, so then and here's here's what we were talking about earlier. Literally, the final three songs on this compilation are all about dead animals. The word "dead" is in them. Right. Uh, the first one is my dead dog Rover, and I I know I'm a grown man, but I'm such a child. I got so upset by it. <laughs> It's so like the sound design is a little too good, I think. It's, yeah, you know that one. I don't know if I did. I even list that one because I don't think that I remember that one. Well, it's just a dumb song. It's it's I'm looking over a four leaf clover, but it's also mixed oh, with a sketch right. where he runs over a dog with a, a lawnmower. It's so stupid. That's right. He's, yep. Yeah, and he's and he's looking for his he's looking for his dead dog, and then he finds out that it's or he's looking for his dog who he thinks ran away, and mm-hmm. it turns out that he ran over it with mm-hmm. a lawnmower. Yeah, he's in bits and pieces all over the lawn. It's just again one note joke parodying a song from the forties, right? You know, right? Like, what? That's the weird thing too about like this little world of like novelty songs of this era. Like you wanted to get heard, but like your idea of comedy was sometimes just like your idea of comedy, right? Like, what's in your head, and. I'm trying to figure out what appealed to people, again, other than the dead animal thing, which I think when you're little, that is funny. It, it is, and maybe that was a thing back then also. Mm-hmm. Maybe people hadn't done a lot of dead animal songs or whatever. Probably true. Um, you know, you find that, that a lot of, there, there, are, there are comedy topics and comedy things that, that sort of just worked in one era, yep. and then, it, and then yeah. it stopped working. But there are there are songs that we've come across, like this Junk Food Junkie, where there's not a joke in that. Mm-hmm. So the guy that wrote that, and obviously it worked. Sure. It got onto the Dr. Demento show. But tell me why that is funny. Tell me where right. there is a joke in that. And and this one, I think the, the dead dog thing does have a joke in it. But it's a little one note. And there's yeah. not, yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily deserve an entire sketch sure. and parody song. Right. 
of I'm looking over a four-leaf I know, pool. I know. God. <laughs> and then the only thing about Junk Food Junkie that stood out to me is like, oh, this is a this is a catchy fucking tune. They put together a good song. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's really well put together, and the guy can sing, the guy can play. Right. Um, and I think the other one on here is the next one, the, the one that's best performed is fucking Loudon Wainwright, because he's a really great musician. Right, that's the skunk one. Right? Yeah, dead skunk. That's uh-huh. that. That is musically the the best song on the album. Mm-hmm. It's got instrumental breaks. It's yep. got great banjo playing, mm-hmm. great fiddle playing. It's awesome. And he's got a wonderful voice. And I, like the more I thought about it, I'm like, if I was to do an imitation of today's indie artists, like it's still what he was doing then. Like his voice and sound have like just carried through. Apparently, yeah. it's so yeah. weird. Uh, do, so is this one of the ones that you heard as a kid too? Uh, it's one of the ones that I heard as a kid. Uh, and it, it wasn't one of my favorites, but I do remember thinking it was funny. Like, it's not, for some reason, it's not one that I listen to over and over, like, like Fish Heads. But I do remember thinking that it's really funny to write a song about a skunk that smells bad. Mm-hmm. Because bad odors are hilarious right. when you're seven years old. Yep. Um, so it was funny to me. Like, it, it, it was one of those songs that I, that I connected with, but I didn't, I don't remember listening to it over and over and over. Dead puppy. Dead puppies Dead puppies aren't much fun They don't come when you call They don't chase squirrels at all Dead puppies aren't much fun My puppy died late last fall He's still rotting in the hall Dead puppies aren't much fun No, no, no Mom says puppy's days are through She's going to throw him in the stew Dead puppies aren't much yeah, that was one of those where I don't, until today, re-listening to it, I don't think I even appreciated how good of a song it is. I know he's a great oh, musician, yeah. but I'm like, oh, that's really, it's just solid. And he's got a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. It's a good song, And he sure. knows he's singing about the stupidest thing in the world. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I, you know that this guy has knowledge that what he's singing is not, like, either necessarily the funniest thing. It's just dumb. Like, he knows he's being dumb. Right. right? I right. appreciate that self-awareness. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then the final of the Dead Animal Trio is just Dead Puppies. Yeah, Dead Puppies. Which that, we talked about a little bit. Yeah, that that, um, <laughs> that I ended up working with Bill Frenzer, which is so weird about living in Hollywood mm-hmm. that that kind of thing happens. Like, yeah. you could be a fan of something when you're a kid and it mm-hmm. really affects you and then you end up working with the guy. Yeah. Or, you know, it's such a weird uh, Hollywood moment. Um, uh, but and, and, also, and also the idea, this sort of depressing thing where... You don't end up working with him in sh- in show business. You end up working with him yeah. at a day job. Yep, yep. that's the that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing. Um, but as far as the song itself, uh, again, like Fish Heads, very absurdist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was hilarious. I I listened to it all the time, and and I would sing along to it, and and it's super funny. You know, you don't they're they're dead puppies. It's so sad, but they're. <laughs> Writing songs about it, and it was so funny to me. I think that's why I liked it too. Actually, was acknowledging that you're writing about something really depressing, mm-hmm. but that you're doing a comedy song about. It. I, I kind of like that. I, that's that's. I think that's why that one again is 
more enjoyable than the one where you run over your dog with a fucking lawnmower. It, it is. It is. <laughs> and as far as songs, you know, my experiment of trying to figure out what if stuff holds up, mm-hmm. um, I would say, you know, if I was listening to Fish Heads or Dead Puppies for the first time now, mm-hmm. I might not laugh out loud, but yeah, I think yeah. I would appreciate the comedy. And sure. I think those two are the two that, that hold up for me. Yeah. Um, uh, out of all those. Some yeah. some of them didn't hold up when they first came out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Others did, you know. Yeah. I actually, that's one of the things is I would like to know is where, I'm assuming that these are so, sort of from like, just based on requests, like the most popular. I have to assume that that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but it, it, which again, it says a whole lot. And there are other, he like uh, uh, we were talking about before we started recording, but like he released at least three volumes of this, of his greatest hits, of the greatest novelty songs in 85. Um which is crazy because I guess did he have to like pound out that many records that quickly? Like it's so weird to me. I could have spaced him out a little bit. But. Yeah, maybe it was just the idea that that oh these these could make money if I all sure. of a sudden you know. Yeah, I guess that's true. It might be that he just had the idea. Mm-hmm. But there were others like like I remember there's one uh, Homecoming Queen's got a gun. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't one? think so. Okay, that's one that, that was a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. This the. The boot to the head song. Mm-hmm. This was. Let me just talk about this because this was brilliant. It was a sketch that turned into a song, and the sketch was um, Ed Gruberman was taking a martial arts class, mm-hmm. and he and he kept interrupting the sensei, <laughs> and the sensei would would kick him in the head, <laughs> and he would and he would go. He his reaction was always. Oh, you booted me in the head! <laughs> like it was so perfect for yeah. my seven-year-old little me to listen to this, and, and it was the sound effect of the, you know, <laughs> the, the boot happening in the head. It, it was great, and then and then it would and then it would go into a song called "Boot to the Head," but the sketch itself was was brilliant. Yeah, it was so funny to me. It didn't make it onto this album though. Sure, sure. Now, do you if if you're going to recommend this compilation, is it worth recommending this compilation for those two songs that you love so much? Uh, I mean, no, no, it's, it's really not. Yeah. I mean, for, I would recommend it to someone who, who is studying the history of comedy. Sure. That's, that's where I would recommend this, this album. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the, the majority of these I enjoyed when I was a child. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's and they're they're great for kids. The ones where the humor comes through for for kids. Yeah, yeah. To, for the most part, does not hold up. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, well, okay. Before we go, where can people find you? Uh, where can people watch your stuff, etc.? Are you going to be performing anytime soon? I don't know when this is going to go up, but let's assume soonish. Cool. Well, let's talk about this. Yes. Uh, I. Um, as far as performing anytime soon, I perform around just around LA at this point. I mm-hmm. kind of took a break from from touring, from doing live stand up for like mm-hmm. two years. I didn't didn't go on Shit. stage. I'm just starting to again. Um, so you know, I'll be in and around LA. Uh, but I'm doing some voiceover work. There's a movie that's coming out shortly called um, Space Dogs: Adventure to the Moon. Uh-huh. It's a movie for little kids. That awesome. I, that I do some voices in. Um, you can find me on BobBledsoe.com, although I just changed my domain and my website went down when I changed my oh, domain. Shit. I think I have to rebuild my website. I hope not. I hope not, too. But So you may, depending on when this thing goes out, you <laughs> might be able to find me at BobBledsoe.com, <laughs> or right. you won't. 
just find me on Facebook, mm-hmm. facebook.com slash Bob Bledsoe. And then I have YouTube channels. I've got um, The Program Show is a bunch of sketches. That's okay. where I send people to see my comedy sketches. I've got, I think, Bob Bledsoe, uh, just YouTube slash Bob Bledsoe, and I think I have Bob Bledsoe music. I've got a bunch of... Okay. So we can't hear your music. Uh, you can hear some stuff okay. on, on my music. I, I teach um, I teach ukulele and, and a little guitar and things like that. So I have awesome. so I've got some a few things on the music page. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you for having me here. Uh, yeah. If there's ever another one you want to do, obviously more than welcome to do it again. That would be fun. Uh, let's see. I don't know when this is going out, but you guys should at least pay attention to jk2016.com. And StolenDress.com, because at this by the time this comes out, I'm for sure in the middle of doing the sequel to my last movie, but it consists of about 15 separate vlogs, posting about 15 videos a month, possibly more. Uh, it's my fake presidential campaign. It's on Stolen Dress. You'll be able to find it. I'll put a big link so it's unavoidable. Um, so you should listen to that. Follow us at Comedy on Vinyl, etc. Et All that crap's at the end of this. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good thing. <laughs> Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. Hi, I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza, I'm Alan Rickert. Your last name is Rickert? And we are the hosts of Dispatches Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. I, this is Jason again, I host the well-reputed... Reputed. This is Alan. Reputed, comedy on vinyl podcast, as well as some others. Alan, though. I've been on some podcasts, also I'm an actor, and have been for nigh on several years. The important part, though, is that while we're close friends, we found a bond when we discovered that we both loved the greatest sitcom of the 90s. Possibly of all time. I won't refute that. The podcast will go through the entire series, from episode one to episode 97. We'll be talking with other fans of the show, people who worked on the show, and you. That's right. Starting today, well, a while ago, but you only knew about it today, you can email your questions about the show, and I'm not kidding here, to freakzilla at scopenet.com. Ah. That's right. We'll either try to get the answers for you ourselves or direct from the people who put the show together. It's a dream come true. You can also call and leave a voicemail for us at 646-801-WNYX. If it's relevant or funny or even stupid, as long as it's news radio related, you have a good chance of it getting played on the show. So please, follow us on Twitter at WNYX News Radio or like us on Facebook.com slash News Radio Podcast. In the coming weeks, basically, once we get some important people to sit down and record with us, we'll announce the launch of our first episode. But what if they think this is the first episode? If, if they do, they insult not only me, but also my cane. That's my episode. You can't own an episode. That is my favorite. Mine too, and like everybody else's. This one I like, I keep. This one displeases me. Coming soon on the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. All of this talk of aged lunch meat and ghost has made me peckish. 
Equally dumb closing quote. God damn it, Alan. Sorry. Sorry.